0: Alright, hey, welcome to the Better Modesto Show. You're listening to KFIB 1360. We're also live on the iHeart Radio app. And this is Jim Applegate, and my co-host is Chris Rickey, City Councilman Chris Ricky. How you doing, Chris? You know. It's a Saturday morning. <laughs> it is a Saturday morning, although we are Join a it. coffee, you know. Yeah. Walking around the farmer's market, hopefully. Going to Scotty's to get some donuts, maybe. I don't know. There we go. Are you not a Mr.
1: T's fan? I don't know I love Mr. T's. Yeah? But Scotty's is right next to like, my mother in law's house. And so sometimes oh, I just sneak over there and like, say, hey, yeah, yeah, we got some donuts for you. Yeah, we are. That's a good pay. thing, you
0: know? Pretty amazing donuts in Modesto. We do. So it's good. We do it right. Yeah, we do it. I, I know you've had a super
1: busy week. You got to go watch the Raiders play. I did. I got to watch the Raiders play in Vegas. And it was really neat. That's gonna cool. uh, I didn't expect to like it really, because I've been I've been a Raider fan, kind of outing myself here. Yeah, you I mean I like fan. all the teams, right? <laughs> but I've like the Niners or? Yeah, the Niners are <laughs> great too. They're really a wonderful team. Um, okay, I just I said that, I can't believe it. anyway. Alright look. I've been a Raider season ticket holder since ninety seven. They moved to Vegas, I was crushed and I thought it was gonna be terrible. But my like, really my best friend from high school said you know, said, Look uh, you gotta come out with me to Vegas for opening game. And I said, all right, fine, I'll go. And I'm so glad I did. It was like, it was a very different experience from Oakland, but for my age now, it was great. You know, yeah. we went to, we stayed at a nice hotel, we had a few, few brewskis, we went to the game, we came home, and
0: that was it. And it was yeah, it was really fun. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I think they should give uh, season tickets to every city council person. That would be like a perk. Or <laughs> they should. I think more people would run for city council. Totally, if have, like, this would this would work out well. It'd be good. Yeah. Would it include like flights and stuff? I We're getting too so. deep down this rabbit. We are, but you know, this is. I mean, we've got to have incentive to have great people like you <laughs> run for city council. To be good, so hey, we've got a great show lined up for today, and uh, we've got some guests with us. We too. So uh, Chris and I actually got the opportunity to go to a. Thing called the Latino Leadership Initiative and we're going to explain this but these uh, people got our guests today got to presented this thing and it was absolutely amazing so we contacted contacted them right after and said hey would you mind being on the show yeah and what was so amazing for me is you know I didn't realize how
1: many people in our community were so aware of the needs of our community and are so excited about taking on these needs and finding solutions for them.
0: Yeah, that's right. So and I was just like blown away, this is amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. Come on and, the show. Yeah, we want more people on the show like this. So can we just do a roundtable real quick? And would you guys mind introducing yourselves and telling us who you are, where you work, those kind of things. So just a quick intro.
2: Of course. Uh, first of all, thank you uh, to Jim uh, and Councilmember Ricky for, for having us on uh, as your guests this morning. Uh, it is a real pleasure to, to get the invitation. Um, so yeah, my name is Eric Alvarez. Uh, I am born and bred here in Modesto, California, particularly on the west side of, of Modesto. Uh, I've been a community. Uh, I've been involved in the community through multiple capacities, professionally, but um, the meat and potatoes uh, of me is I chair a government relations committee for uh, the Central Valley Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I've been the chairman for about three plus years now. Uh, so and through that capacity, I've been able to really uh, contribute to the community's uh, economic development uh, and vitality uh, all across Stanislaus County. Um, so again, I, I appreciate you guys for inviting us on and I look forward to this uh, conversation. How's it going everybody? My name is Jose Borau and I am the Executive
3: Director for Manos Unidos of South Modesto, a grassroots nonprofit that got together and was formed. In 2009 with one simple mission is to improve the community. Um, On top of that, I am also the project manager for Smart Cooler Homes, a California grant project that focuses on reducing greenhouse gases and deploying some innovative technologies in the Central Valley. Then I'm just glad to be here. Thank you so much for having
4: me. Yeah, I'd like to echo everybody else. Thank you so much for having us here. Uh, My name is Manny Escamilla, resident here of uh, Modesto, and uh, a lover of this community. Um, I'm involved in a, a lot of different capacities, uh, community organizing-wise, and right now I work at a social impact fund in San Francisco, but I reside here in this, in Stanislaus County. Uh, this is the place I call home, and this is the place that I love.
0: Fantastic, well, these are some really smart people, and we actually invited one other one who uh, was part of your guys' project and that was Nancy, yeah. right? I don't know Nancy's last name, so.
4: Martinez, but uh, she's out partying in Las Vegas right now. So, right uh, that's, uh, we'll forgive uh, her. Nancy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's, like, uh, super
1: early for the yeah. game on Sunday or something. So, that's awesome.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about Latino Leadership Initiative. What is that all about? Manny, maybe you can speak into that.
4: Yeah, so the Latino Leadership Initiative is a program that was led by the City Ministry Network, and it's really focused on galvanizing young Latinos in San Slaus County, um, bringing them together to make an impact in the local community, right? They see opportunities for them to jump into leadership at the local level, and it's all about empowering us and equipping us, and uh, they've done a great job.
0: Okay, so what is Does the Latino Leadership Network, do you sign up for it? How do you get picked for this? Do you pay for it? Is it one week, six weeks, two years? Like how does this thing work? So
4: it was about eight months long. We met once a month and uh, it was an application um, based program. So you had to apply to get in, go through an interview. So it kind of felt like a college application being honest, right? But um, nonetheless, like I think it was a pretty stringent um, process of, of getting in but nonetheless, great opportunity.
2: Right, and a, a little further, so the LLI, Latino Leadership Initiative, like Manny said, it, it, is a, it is a pretty uh, rigorous process to, to, to apply to and, and then you have to go through uh, rounds of interviews. Um, but I know that the leadership chooses and recruits at least um, participants from throughout different industries uh, throughout the county. So the, it could be from the government sector, it could be from the arts and, and, and entertainment sector, the education sector. Uh, so that's what our cohort was comprised of, is folks from all different corners of the community um, and from different industries at all levels of, of education and, and, and different seasons of life. So that's, it was really colorful to really meet Uh, and and build relationships and bonds with these folks uh, throughout the last eight months and even even after the eight months right yesterday we had the um, the presentation that you guys alluded to at the beginning of the the talk here uh, and that was extra that was the cherry on top the programs over but as you can see it's a a close-knit group um, so we're going the extra mile to to continue to to try to contribute to these communities um, through what we learned over the last eight months Uh, and so we don't plan on stopping anytime soon either so I appreciate you guys for uh, having us on and, and uh, the opportunity to talk about uh, what we have planned
0: right on so is is Latino Leadership Network over is it done or is it cohorts and there's another one coming or how's that working
3: definitely definitely so the 2021 uh, cohort finally ended uh, it ended in July but they will will be recruiting new folks for uh, the 2022 session which if you have if you haven't heard just keep your ear open and wait for that i think in november they'll begin recruiting and then in by january they'll they'll have the program
0: okay so you might want to check out city ministry network their facebook page or other places
4: yeah so cityministrynetwork.org you could find them at city ministry network on instagram uh, facebook as well uh, I, I believe that the applications will be out um, you know the end of october uh, and, and by the way, like, even though it's called the Latino Leadership Initiative, like, people from all backgrounds and ethnicities are invited to apply. Right? Like it's fo- it began focused on one community, but I think now as more and more leaders are emerging, uh, they're broadening it out and uh, pretty much inviting anybody who's interested.
0: Well, tell us why did it focus specifically on Latinos?
4: Yeah, you know, well, San sauce County, forty percent of this county is Latino, right? Yeah, probably more to about fifty. Yeah, so so more. So, uh,
2: the I, I think that was the initial. Seventy
1: percent of it as the city schools. This is
2: yeah. awesome, right? And with this uh, <laughs> census, right, we have yet to see the real impact that the demographic uh, shift will have. On our community. So that's another thing that we talked about too is the impact of this, the results of the census, uh, and going forward, how can we utilize that data to try to contribute across the board, not just to Hispanics, not just to Latinos, but to, to multiple, uh, all the demographics here, and, and be equitable, right? That's really the main goal is to be equitable across Stanislaus County.
0: Right, so by equitable, what you mean is if we look at city government, if we look at what's going on in the county, if we look at the board uh, in Private business and in nonprofits, there's not equal representation on that, right? So it's like a lot of there's a lot of whites across that, uh, but but very much inequality when it comes to looking at the demographic of our city versus what's going on. So the idea was let's get behind Latinos, let's get behind other ethnicities and and teach leadership and get them into these kind of positions
2: of course and and that that goes back to the fact that our our leadership our our elected officials are not reflective of the communities that they serve right if it's predominantly white folks white older white gray-haired men uh, representing a community of color um, there's no real connection there right if 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 you want to have adequate representation and get the input from folks at all corners of, of the community, you need to have a reflection of that community in the seats of power and in the seats of leadership. Uh, and again, a step further from that is with those leadership positions filled, if there are people of color, um, then representing people of, of our communities of color, then you will have an adequate distribution of, of uh, resources that go into those communities that ultimately enhance the quality of life for, for all the folks there, not just, not just people of color. Uh, but again, that goes back to a real, uh, a real uh, kind of secular conversation that we could go on having all day. But I'll I'll let Manny allude to a little bit of that too. Well, let, let's
0: do this. Let's take a quick station break, and uh, then we're going to jump right back into this. And so we actually want to know the specific project because I know part of the Latino Leadership Initiative was that you guys pick some projects in our community. So we're going to come back and ask that question after the break. So you, after the break. So you're listening to the. Better Modesto Show with your hosts, Jim Applegate and Chris Rickey. And you're on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and also live on the iHeartRadio app. And we're so thrilled that you're joining us on this Saturday morning. See you right after the break. All right, welcome back. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show with Jim Applegate and Chris Rickey. We're on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and also live on the iHeartRadio app. So, man, this show is going to go quick today.
1: It is going to go quick, but. You know, the project that these guys are working on is so critical to the future of our city. Yeah. Um, when we look at, well, I don't want to talk too much about what they did, but when you look at our priorities, I want them to be able to tell the story, right? But When yeah. you look at our priorities, the things that these guys are working on are so important to the future trajectory of our community in terms of how we view ourselves, of how we perceive our community, of how we present our community to the world. So yeah, which is what... that's 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 the best I can do without, without, the of yeah. that work. without
0: stealing their thunder. <laughs> yeah. and this is really what the better Modesto show is about. We're trying to get people who are doing great things in our community out there. Let's empower them to get stuff done in our community. Yeah. So, okay. So we learned about city ministry network. We've learned about Latino leadership initiative. And then part of that was you guys actually doing a project right now how did this project come about i mean they didn't assign you a project how did this whole thing start to happen manny you want to take that one
4: yeah so um towards the end of the latino leadership initiative we get we knew that we had an opportunity to speak to some of the local leaders here in modesto and stanislaus county so we split up in groups and uh, we were really passionate about social equity but there was also two other groups uh, that were really passionate about financial literacy, so empowering um, people of color here in San Jose County on how to invest, how to save, how to manage their money. And then there was also another group that was very passionate about mental health, so finding resources to therapy, um, creating uh, safe spaces for people to come and talk about uh, family problems, etc. So, uh, the, you know, these three groups really encompassed what people who are, you know, 30 and under are really passionate about locally. And we came together, and we presented.
3: That's absolutely absolutely right. Uh, The three main focuses that we presented on was uh, the absence and transparency to trust in our community, uh, the underutilization of government programs and benefits, and the low levels of civic engagement and votership. So those are the three topics that that we focused on.
0: Okay, so tell us in English what that actually means. Like break that down for me as like a sixth grader. Those are some big words there, so.
4: Yeah, you know, I I think just uh, two sentences, like we're really passionate about um, accessibility and connection. We believe that people who live in underserved communities want access to trustworthy information and we want to help the government, we want to help local nonprofit organizations communicate information with them effectively. Uh, and when, when, Now, when we talk about information, we talk about access to, uh, you know, vaccination clinics. We're talking about essential information that the people need to live here in the Stanislaus County. Okay.
0: Eric, you're dying to say something.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, Manny said it perfectly, but um, even even uh, in addition to that, I'll piggyback off what he said, but we want to make sure as Latinos that people who, who are historically disadvantaged get culturally sensitive and culturally relevant information delivered to them. That's digestible, right? Um, and and we, we came up with a solution from some of the findings that we found, some of the research that we conducted over the last nine-ish months. Um, and it's, it, it boils down to a three-pronged approach here. Uh, to support city and county leadership uh, to effectively engage with uh, underserved communities of color. Uh, and that involves diversifying social media engagement, uh, holding dialogue on relevant local topics. Uh, we have a, um, a solidarity event coming up on November 4th here at, uh, at Redeemer Church. Um, and we'll talk about a little bit about that later on. But and at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's data sharing with a culturally relevant and culturally sensitive approach. So we get as many people from the communities uh, involved and in, in, in get their input on the table.
0: Okay, so let me just go back. that is-
1: So another way of putting it though might be that when right now when the city speaks to people through our social media channels, we're not presenting information in such a way that encourages the engagement of a large percentage of our community. Yeah. Um, and so what they're talking about is like, hey, you guys should talk to us about things that we care about too. Yeah. That makes sense. For me as a city council person, I want the government to speak to everybody because the government represents everybody.
0: Right now, we're not doing a very effective job of that. So we're talking about everything from language translation to even cultural interpretation. It's not language. Okay, and so like we, social media yeah. platforms... Translate your stuff
1: automatically if you're a Spanish speaker Like it comes up in Spanish if even if the stuff is typed out in English to begin with so like this whole like We're gonna put it in, on English on one side and Spanish on the other. It's like no, that's not the problem mm-hmm. the problem is we're not talking about issues and We're not presenting issues in ways that that our whole community cares about. We're not talking about issues that
0: our whole community cares about so is this what you guys were finding out
2: right uh, and i, I think council Member ricky for his his uh, his leadership over the last you know a few months that he's been in office uh, i followed his race he did a great job your guys's race actually yeah he did <laughs> a
0: great job thanks for rubbing that in <laughs> you it. guys did a
2: great you both did a great job and you both really represent uh what people where people's hearts are at and you guys hearts are in the right place i believe um
0: well he won though and i lost <laughs> right so hey just it's just a zero-sum
2: it. game yeah. Somebody has to lose. Somebody now has there to. There were two
0: Republicans in the race. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's the way I like to tell people is I split the vote so Chris could get in. And uh, you know, both Chris. Thank you, me, by the way. That was, yeah, that was very right kind of you. Yeah. Well, now you get to go to the city council meetings and I get to sit at home. So this is perfect. Yeah, right. Well, you both
2: found all of us as your <laughs> guests, so I think that's great. But look, here, if we're saying anything, uh, here, my colleagues Manny and Jose and I and Nancy. Uh, We are experienced community organizers, right, with years of combined experience uh, working with historically underserved communities. That's what we do. Uh, And we know how to communicate. We know the needs, and we we can serve as a bridge to local government. We can help Councilmember Ricky, uh, Mayor Swallen, and other other elected officials throughout Stanislaus County to to really bridge the gap and, and, and create a more equitable community for everybody. Not even that.
3: I think uh, I would even extend it out to even nonprofits or even clerical because I think everybody in general has that problem of, hey, how can we get our message to our audience? You know, people live in a digital world where people spend about seven seconds on social media before they scroll past it and not even bad at night. And our focus is how do we get those get our audience members to stop and oh, decide to take action or decide to take the role
4: and to jump in as well like what we found from our research is here in Stanislaus County low-income teenagers spend 8.5 hours a day on screens half of that is spent on social media and additionally low-income adults here in Stanislaus County spend between 5.5 and 6.5 hours on screens a little bit over a third of that is on social media so we know where the, where they are and when we look at governmental uh, Facebook accounts or Instagram accounts extremely low engagement and we're able to show that the majority of people engaging with these posts are not these communities that are underserved and underprivileged
1: that was a very kind way of saying that
4: thank you <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not many likes from the government perspective, <laughs> <sort of>,
3: huh? <laughs> no. I, thought, I
2: think it's called inclusive, the, yeah. the fancy yeah. word. Right. Well, we try to be honest as we can, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's our that's our approach. Let's be honest. Let's be upfront. So that way we know the issues. We know uh, what's going on. And we can work together to try to resolve them. At least not if we don't resolve them, hey, how can we mitigate them, right?
1: Yeah, and I want to talk to you guys like sometime. I mean, regularly, obviously. But I want to talk to you about some of the things we've done, you know. Of
2: course. Of course.
1: Already and then i'm just can't i'm so excited to hear about like what it is we can do to you know to do better because like even with all the changes we've made since i've gotten into office like a lot of our engagement problems are like chronic
2: they're bad systemic right yeah exactly yeah.
0: and you know i i would like to point out the fact that that's not from lack of trying i mean I think oh i agree 100 there's yeah. some great people in our city that are trying to get programs out there and so to hear from a group of younger Latinos saying, "Look, you could actually get this information into these types of communities if you were to shift this or shift that. Like, how? That's basically what you guys are trying to do, right?" Well, and the first step to improvement is kind of
1: acknowledging that, hey, like we're trying. Like, yeah. we're not,
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, we're not like just failing and not caring. Like, we're trying. Yeah, we acknowledge we have a problem. Now let's let's
0: really, let's keep trying and keep trying to find a, some solutions. Of course,
2: yeah. forward together, right? Yeah.
0: I love that. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that commercial where the guy is like holding up a pointing sign, you know, like a, <laughs> you know, like a pizza sign or something that says, you know, that you know, the food is over here, but he's standing in the middle of the country, you know, on a country road, like way out in the middle of nowhere. And that, to me, that's like, is your advertising in the right place? Right. You know, is yeah. it pointing in the right direction? So all right we need to take a quick break but when we come back we're going to kind of drill into this project a little bit more and ask for some specifics on what you guys are doing in this and you know really we'd love to hear you know how how did city officials respond to this how did government officials respond to this like what projects are you going to take up now so you're listening to the better Manesto show with your host jim applegate and chris ricky i almost forgot my name there for a second um, we're on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, and it's also live on the iHeartRadio app. So we'll see you right after the break. All right. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show with your hosts, Jim Applegate and Chris Rickey, on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, also live on the iHeartRadio app. And man, what a great day to be together, huh? Really? really learning. Perfect. Learning. So, um, We've got three young guys from the Latino Leadership Initiative. Would you guys just say your names one more time? Yeah, my
2: name's Eric Alvarez. My name's Jose Borro.
4: And I'm Manny Escamilla.
0: And these guys are doing some phenomenal work in our community. So we've been hearing about this project that came out of the Latino Leadership Network, which is essentially trying to help people get their message out to mm-hmm. underserved communities. And so tell us, that you were talking about a three-pronged approach to making this happen. Can you fill us in a little bit more?
4: Yeah, so with our work, we, we've we really honed in on three methods in which we can assist organizations, government, NGOs, MPOs, uh, connect with underserved communities. And the first prong is social media. Um, we understand that the primary method of connection to these communities is through social media. They're on it every day, eight and a half hours, eight and a half hours a, day. a, half hours a day. Right. And uh, and you know what, uh, when more platforms are introduced, even more hours. So what we found is, is we did a review of Stanislaus County's uh, social media accounts, and we found that a majority of the people that are interacting with posts are people who do not belong to these underserved communities. So we want to help them Uh, be able to increase engagement and reach by consulting on uh, diversity and inclusion efforts with their content, identifying trusted leaders to serve as local influencers. Like There are trusted people in these neighborhoods who can be the mouthpiece for certain types of information sharing that are completely not utilized at all. Initially, uh, we also believe that we can help amplify content through our connection and network to community partners who are doing work in these communities. We could help disseminate it, share it on their social media pages, send it through their email chains, send it through their text chains. So we believe that we have the infrastructure to really elevate and amplify messaging from the government.
3: Definitely, so our second component was facilitated dialogue. So the under, underserved communities feel the disconnect on topics they care about the most and what government really prioritizes. So in the place we could help out is we could hold forums, we could hold uh, workshops and other areas where we could Hold public dialogue and work together with local government to help create more accessible and inclusive topics. Could include racism, policing, personal rights, homelessness, even immigration.
0: So that's so you've got Mm -hmm. social media, you've got public forums, and then what's the third? Yeah, the
2: third third prong here is data gathering and sharing. Right. We we've identified communities desire transparency and and a lot and there's a lack of trust in, in. uh, is rooted in poor information sharing really that's what it boils down to um, and over the last nine months we we conducted a study uh, particularly on the south side of, of Modesto um, that that centered around um, s- sidewalks right there's not there, there's a lack of infrastructure over there on the west side and on the south side uh, and then we did Wait, a, a wellness say, survey
0: tell me tell us real quick just for giggles like what do you mean by infrastructure on the west side that's missing because I drive over there, there's roads over there. So what are you talking about?
4: Yeah, so uh, in the west and south side, there's lack of sidewalks. Roads are, uh, have, are filled with potholes, lack of proper sewage. So people are connected to septic tanks, uh, lack of proper drainage. So in the winter months, there's flooding uh, in front of people's homes. There's flooding on, on uh, busy, busy streets. So when we talk infrastructure, that's what we mean. And, you know, if you're ever driving uh, in South Modesto and you see somebody with a bright orange shirt, be sure to show them some love because they're door knocking on people's homes, getting information from them about how they feel about sidewalks, how they feel about um, getting uh, lights put in on on their blocks. And if they view lack of sidewalks as a safety concern, which all of them have echoed and uh, pretty much screamed, on this, uh, f- at the top of their lungs that it is important to them and that they do want it.
0: So essentially what happened is the city is building infrastructure in certain areas because there's representation there. And so, you know, where people pay taxes, where people, I, I don't know how this works. Like how did these communities get overlooked in streetlights and sidewalks? And obviously this is massive impact because their kids are walking to school yeah in mud puddles and without street lights. So, I mean, we're, we're starting to come up on the darker days yeah. of the year, and this is gonna make a, a difference, isn't
4: it? Completely, you know, um, you know, this is definitely a systemic issue. For, you know, over 50 years, there has been a lack of sidewalks, uh, even longer than that, right? Um, but this is definitely a pure systemic issue locally um, in a community that's predominantly of color. And we're talking about you know, uh, you know, in 50 years ago, 75 years ago, th- these were migrant communities working in the fields, going to farm, farm camps to work, and it really stems from that. That these were once communities of color, always have been, and they're really left on the peripheries. They're unincorporated by the city, so they're in co- uh, they're in county pockets. Uh, none of these people can vote for mayor. None, none of these people have access to infrastructure
2: or support right and and i i want to echo many's saying here for, for decades we have seen a lack of, of of resources allocated to these areas right and right now with the pandemic we we have seen um a once in a lifetime opportunity to really get some representation behind some advocacy for 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 funding to be put towards these uh, communities and I, I would say that there are uh, supervisors in office now who are doing a great job. Uh, we look forward to working with them and continuing some of our work with them to, to be an advocate for, for uh, nothing less than, than adequate funding and representation on, on that side of the community.
1: And a lot of this stuff, like when you talk about the county pockets, like these are things that councils after councils have been trying to improve right. for years, right? And the, why is it that they haven't improved it? It's money, right? It's money. That goes. Uh, when to the... They talk about sidewalks, right? Mm-hmm. Sidewalks are the easy thing to talk about. But sidewalks are cheap. It's mm-hmm. the drainage, yeah. it's the sewers, it's the it's all the sewer Ongoing maintenance, yeah. Yeah. all that stuff, the, the sewer capacity. It's these things that end up costing tens of millions of mm-hmm. dollars, which goes back to Modesto's even bigger problem, yeah. which is that we don't have an economy that's strong enough to create the tax revenue that we need. To go on and invest in our communities to do the things we need to do, that does not mean that everything. It does not invalidate what you've said here, because we we have ignored all those neighborhoods absolutely, mm-hmm. but well, systemically, why were the why are there pockets? It's because of our overall
0: economic outlook. But it also sounds to me like what you guys are saying is Squeaky Wheel gets the grease. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when, when Councilman Ricky gets his $1.6 billion budget every year, and he can just go write checks, <laughs> yeah. the ones that he's writing checks to are, and, and he's not really writing checks, listeners, that's not his thing, but um, the ones that he's writing checks to... If I could, though. If you oh, could, oh, 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 God. Is mainly to the people right in front of him who are making the most noise, right? And so it might be, you know, a city gets $50 million to upgrade something, yeah. and because the communities you're talking about have never heard of that. Uh, if that $50 million
1: goes to a different neighborhood, yeah. which goes back to the really the biggest thing for all three of these problems. It all comes back to the same thing, which, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but my perception is that the communities do not feel like the government is owned by them. It feels like the government talks at them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And these, there are most of the people in these communities are American citizens. Most of these people and these and I when I say most, I mean like eighty percent are
0: are citizens or even more have you guys um, done a study on that is do you know how, what the percentages of of uh immigration and I mean you know you could say no like, that isn't
2: our focus right now, but yeah. yeah it is it is it the majority of folks that we're talking about are voting uh voter block right they 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 have been uh historically ignored uh
1: my point is, though, if you planted uh, 10,000 40 year old white ladies in your neighborhood, what do you think would happen when they found out that they were on septic tanks, they had no drainage, and no streetlights? They'd be so, making some noise.
4: So this is a uh, build, political, build, political will-building exercise. This community does not know how to... Politically engaged, those women who would be planted in the community do know how to go. Karen to, would be so. Pissed. Yeah, exactly. But this, <laughs> these communities have no clue how to navigate the political system. Don't know who to talk to. Don't know who to call. Don't know who to reach out to to the local um, meetings at all. So it's a political will-building exercise.
3: Then I think another component would be a language barrier. I think there, there's a big uh, statistic that's out there that says I think 34% is English isn't the first language so having that inability to translate what your needs are how how can the doctor know what you're hurting right
0: wow okay so this is a this is fascinating conversation we got to take another quick station break so you're listening to better modesto show with your host Jim Applegate that's me and Chris Rickey on a power talk 1360 kfiv also live on the iheartradio app and when we come back um, we're going to hear more about these case studies and what you guys are doing in order to uh, really turn the tide on this empowerment and this inequality so so thankful for your work we'll see you right after the break hey welcome back you're listening to the better monesto show thanks for spending your morning with me jim applegate and chris rickey we're on power talk 1360 kfiv also live on the iHeartRadio app. And we are, we've are we been privileged for this show to have three young men from the Latino Leadership Initiative, which was put on by City Ministry Network in Modesto. And these guys are learning and growing in how to lead our city and how to really uh, do some fantastic work about serving underprivileged people and connecting their voices. So, Manny, right before the break, you were... You are saying some amazing stuff about people who have not been connected to the political process learning about that political process. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
4: Yeah. So, a lot of these, uh, a lot of people in these underserved communities, um, they haven't, they've never engaged, they don't vote. Um, And it's not because they don't care about societal issues, it's not because they don't care about the local community, they just don't understand. Uh, politicians have uh, created some mistrust with them uh, and in, in addition to that um, they don't know how to make change. They know, they know what they want uh, but they need assistance and I think work like what Jose is doing in the community, work like what Eric is doing in the, in the community is essential. This is all about getting people rallied together to understand their voice and how to make change Sidewalks is, is, is extremely essential, but at the end of the day, true change happens when these communities come together, make make some noise about sidewalks, and that that disposition stays with them. So when it's lights, when it's climate change, when it's other things, they already know what to do.
0: So essentially what you're doing is teaching them a pattern of how to respond, exactly. how to engage, and, and really you just want the politicians from Modesto, or even the churches, whoever is trying to get their message out there to communicate that well, so that these people exactly. learn how to respond. Yeah. And the beautiful
1: thing about this is that when all of our communities are engaged together, we as a community become infinitely more more cohesive and more powerful together.
0: Yeah, that's right. And um, the rising
1: tide raises all ships, right? It is. This is such a huge. I can't emphasize what a huge opportunity this is for all of us when we can all come together and serve everyone and bring bring everyone
0: up like you're saying, yeah. Yeah. For the future of Modesto. So you guys did a case study on the sidewalks and those things. But what else is going on? What what else are you guys doing to see this project happen?
4: So yeah, so um what we're doing is is we're reviewing uh social media. So we really want to ensure that social media is being equitable and that it goes beyond just having a colored person on a flyer being shared. So we're doing reviews of governmental social media accounts, and we can tell who's engaging, we can tell who's interacting, who's liking, who's sharing. Um, in addition to that, we're also holding a dialogue um, across really important issues to these communities. Uh, we have one coming up on November 4th at 7 p.m. at the Redeemer Modesto called uh, In Solidarity, a public conversation on racism in San Isla County. So we are actively working right now to implement these three prongs, and we're trying to get as many organizations, individuals, and uh, public leaders on board. So
0: that's the forum part,
4: right? Exactly.
0: So you, okay, so talk about that a little bit more. It's It's at the Redeemer building, which is 828th
4: Street. Correct. What night is it? It's Thursday, November 4th at 7 p.m.
0: Okay, and we can find this on social media. Correct. It's not put on by Redeemer, though. Who is it put on by? So
4: it's put on by a collaboration of City Ministry Network, The Unincorporated, which is a storytelling project on Instagram at Unincorporated an Voice and 209 Youth Empowerment at 209 Youth Empowerment on Instagram and Facebook.
0: And if we came to that night, what would we expect?
4: So what you'd expect is being in small groups, telling your story um, and your experience. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, Latino, uh, Asian. Each and every one of us has an experience to tell. And uh, it's, a, it's a safe place to be able to share our experiences. So it doesn't matter... Your age, your ethnicity, where you come from—it's focused here in Santa Claus County, but it's meant just to um, show how uh, strength can be found through difference and trust can be built through connection.
0: Yeah, and what, what's kind of the goal there, Manny? Is it? I mean, I, like I hear some people thinking, oh, they're just going to knock the police or mm-hmm. they're just going to say negative things about the community. Like, what what is going to happen there?
4: Uh, just that people are able to see that they're more alike than they than they think, right? Uh, right now, the climate is extremely politicized. Uh, but at the end of the day, people better understand each other when they understand where they come from and their backgrounds and their story. Um, so this is by no means meant to put anybody down. This isn't meant to lift up somebody over another person. This is just meant to lay a solid foundation to continue these conversations. And the foundation that we believe that we can build this on is through personal story, personal experience, uh, however traumatic it may be. Um, however, uh, no matter where it stemmed from, but the, the foundation of this is personal story.
0: I know. Okay. So I want to ask you guys, like at the end of this project, what do you, you know, what would you say if we do this, this would have been a home run for us? Or a touchdown. I mean, we are in football season, right? So goal, yeah. <laughs> goal, right. soccer season. So, right. Yeah. Uh, there's not
2: necessarily an end for us. I don't think. I I think this is an ongoing effort. We we not only want to work with with government. Uh, we want to work with, uh, as Jose mentioned earlier, with school districts. Right. We want to work with NGOs. We want to work with uh, nonprofits uh, on how to really engage and, and use this process that that we're implementing. This. Um, prototype, if you will, uh, in their organization. So that way they can have an impact uh, and meet their deliverables, right? Uh, so this is ongoing for us.
0: Well, how about you, Jose?
2: I think we're just barely starting, and I'm, I'm super excited to see some of the projects that are
3: come to flourish. And, uh, I can't imagine just for, for initially creating this idea to conceiving it to the future processes that come. Um, I'm beyond excited, but the, the, I think the, the saying is the world is your oyster. I definitely think that I think we're in 2021 where it's like, hey, it's the best time to start it now.
0: Yeah. How about you, Manny?
4: Yeah, you know, for me, equity goes beyond uh, equality. Um, So I want to see more parents of color at PCA meetings. I want to see more people of color voting. I want to see more people of color at city meetings. I want to see more people of color represented on social media accounts. I want to see more people of color um, who are in the political system running for office. And I want to see more people of color leading businesses. Um, That's what I want to see. And I think we're working towards that. And this is the first step. Yeah, right on. And that's
0: kind of the overall goal of the Latino Leadership Network. So, you know, Chris, I saw your like your face lit up when you saw what was going on. So maybe you could even pitch this thing and say, man, I'm excited about this because... Yeah,
1: I mean, these guys are really onto something here because like one of my big, big initiatives is that Modesto is a media desert, okay? And it's gotten worse every year for the last 20 years. We've got most of our radio stations, even this one, you know, are, have satellite voices most of the time. Our TV stations, They moved all their Modesto offices to Sacramento. Our our, our, newspaper. uh, Newspapers got, you know, most days it's four pages. You know, it's, it's not good enough. And so what happens? People's primary news source is social media. And what does that mean? That means they're not getting accurate stories. They're not hearing what's actually happening. And then we as the government are doing the best we can. And I'm not trying to knock us, but like we're not doing the best job we could. We're not doing this. We've got, we've got... Tons of territory that we can do better with. So do a lot of other people. But we have to fill that gap. And I'm just, I heard these guys, and they're talking about filling that gap. And I'm like, yes, let's fill that gap. You know, so this is really exciting. And I'm just
0: looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with next. Yeah. So I know there's probably some people who are listening who are saying, I'd love to get involved with Latino Leadership Initiative. Uh, where would they go again, just making sure that everyone's yeah. in tune with this? Uh,
4: so cityministrynetwork.org is where you will find information about the Latino Leadership Initiative, but you could also go on Instagram and Facebook at City Ministry Network, all one word, um, and you could find information. I, I believe the application will be opened a,
2: in October, so be on the lookout.
0: And does it cost money to be a part of this thing, or could you guys have to pay some fees? Or
2: It's a $200 uh, program fee uh, going in. Um, that $200 goes to cover uh, some lunch goes to cover um, some of the just overhead that the facilities that we use um, and it, it, it's a small fee compared to what you'll get in return from participating uh, in the program
3: I definitely think it's not even a fee I would say it's well, much rather a buy-in because it's an investment that you're you're putting on and hey you'll end up getting it somehow within the time you, you get those because it's 8 month project so it's not like the you have to the, they're providing food they're providing beverages and different snacks throughout the day
2: and there are scholarships available for those who, who can't uh come up with that two hundred dollars too just to throw that out there
3: oh there is there's tons of money out there so if if you have a heart for the community reach out to the folks and say hey sponsor me or let somebody know
0: yeah and the great thing was yesterday in your presentation where we first met you guys you are pitching your ideas to some of the top leaders in modesto which was fantastic. I mean, this wasn't just going to immediate desert in a sense. It was going to... I mean, Chris was there. And Chris, he has that... So Mayor Sue or, was there. Yeah. Mayor yeah. Sue was there. but right?
1: She was really excited about this presentation too.
0: Yeah. And the, I think... Um, the guy I was sitting next to, he runs the budget for the city of Modesto. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, there's some, there's some really heavy hitters that are coming and being a part of this. You're the economic
1: development director for Modesto here. Yeah,
0: Yeah. he's been on our show, so Mm -hmm. it's good. So, okay, so we want to say thanks to you guys for hanging out with us today. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, thanks for the work that you are doing in the community. This is just fantastic. So I did want to give one, Ability for you Jose. You said you were a part of an organization. What is that?
3: Definitely. So the organization name is Manos Unidas of South Modesto. We don't have a website, but we do have a Facebook page We do our best as as much as we can uh, The the website is South or Manos Unidas Community Group. And you can find us on Facebook and we've been around since 2009 so if you get bored swing by our Facebook page and like us. Uh, Look at some of the images. Uh, They date back since 2009, where we had our early meetings, early community meetings, because we originally started with one simple goal, improving the community and picking up an abandoned park in 2008. As we all know, 2008 was when Stanislaus County or the rest of the country honestly got a recession, and we definitely adopted that park. And by now, I personally think Fairview Park is one of the nicest parks in Stanislaus County.
0: Right on. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for your work there, Jose. Thanks for leading that. So, um, Chris, we've been kind of teasing our listeners about having Anna Caballero on our show. Yeah. And it uh, looks like that's finally going to happen next yeah, week. Yeah, we're going to have her next week again. We've been working on it. Yeah. We've got her cornered. Sometimes it's really hard to nail down these politicians. They're so busy, they, but, they, but busy. she made some
1: time for us, which is amazing, and... I don't know if I get her the questions eventually. She might.
0: Yeah, I, I still haven't done that. It's kind of kind of naughty. Well, it's. I'm sure she's got plenty to talk about, and mm-hmm. she does, does plenty of questions. And you know, if she can't show up, I think we'd just love to have these three guys back. Huh?
1: I mean, well, I mean, I want to talk to Nancy after she's been in Vegas and hear what, you know, <laughs> yeah, heard yeah. Heard heard
2: what happened when i down. If she remembers anything.
4: Right?
1: <laughs> sure. yeah. And things that saying, "whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas.
2: Right. No, uh, Jim, again, I, I'm Eric Alvarez. Uh, for your listeners, and uh, I appreciate you guys having us on. Council Member Ricky, I appreciate your leadership and you having us on, having the dialogue with us as substantive. Uh, and overall, man, these efforts work for a more inclusive and equitable region. That's all we're saying. Uh, we believe our communities deserve to be heard and properly represented, and we believe uh, our small group here can help, help you guys achieve those goals.
0: Right on. Well that's a great way to close out our show today. So you've been listening to the Better Modesto show with your hosts Jim Applegate and Chris Ricky. We're always trying to point out what's going great in Modesto and this is this is a great thing that's going on. So we're on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV, also live on the iHeartRadio app. You can and like
1: our Facebook page too. Yeah, also. like our Facebook, Facebook
0: page. we we got the social media going on right there. Well, I mean kinda okay. gotta, gotta get the program. Everyone else is, right? I know, that's it. Hey, you guys have a great Saturday, and we will talk to you next week.